When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Jamie Urge, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my co-host, Megan Hussline. Hi, Megan. Hi, Jamie. It's been a minute since we talked, so I'm excited to talk with you today. It has. We have some big things to go through. You're back in class, right? Yep. Ohio State got going a couple weeks ago, and as we were just talking before we record it's just been a little bit tough getting back into the routine getting back to classes but as always I love being on campus so I'm happy to be here how is the weather in Columbus right now honestly it's not bad we were supposed to get like four inches of snow last night into this morning we're recording this on Wednesday and I don't even know if we got an inch so yeah a hyped up snowstorm that just didn't happen now it's just rainy and gross so Oh, I'd almost rather have snow than the rain. Yeah, it's the worst. And then walking to class in the rain, it's just, it's not a fun time. So I would have loved a snow day and have classes canceled, but not today. Have you ever gone sledding on campus? I haven't, but freshman year, oh my gosh, it happens every year. These literal crazy students. They get like the red carts that we move into in the dorms mm-hmm. and they go inside and then they go down sidewalks and then they just tumble out. Somehow they don't die every time. It's a great time. I mean, it like hundreds of us just crowd around and cheer them on and then are just terrified every time they fall out, but somehow they're okay. So that's always a good time. That actually happened a couple days ago when it did snow. So that's a yearly tradition. But okay, I've never crazy. done it. Like, I don't think that happened. We would go sledding on the South Oval, though. We would take the lunch trays out of Kennedy Commons. Aww. And then we could, it's not really a hill, but it's enough of a hill for people who oh, had yeah. been sledding or had never seen snow. And so, like, those of us who had grown up with snow would kind of show them the ropes and we would go sledding <laughs> South Oval. That sounds fun. That sounds more safe, too. But, hey, both a, a great time, honestly. Yeah. I love when people get creative on campus for things like that. Oh yeah, I mean, college students are honestly the most creative people I've ever been around. (laughs) Truly. Um, So we do have to talk about the national championship game, unfortunately, because it is the first episode of this podcast since it happened. Um, Did you watch the game and what was your reaction? Yeah, so I was really into it the first half. 
And then I just kind of had it on in the background after that because I was just so let down and disappointed. I mean, I was shocked. Honestly, I didn't I did not see this big of a blowout. I don't think anyone saw that big of a blowout coming. But I mean, TCU just they were flat. Duggan didn't play well. He had no time to do anything. I mean, it just seemed like they couldn't do anything right. And then, of course, Georgia could do everything right. So I just honestly, I felt so bad for TCU. But then again, I feel like Stetson Bennett proved he kind of is legit. Like he definitely proved himself in that game. So you got to hand it to him. He played really well. So it was just a shocking game for me all around, honestly. Yeah, I think like, I don't know if it was a combination of Georgia had a fire lit under them because the game against Ohio State was so close and TCU like really surprised everyone with their win. And then Georgia was just like, oh, we better kick it into high gear. Mm -hmm. I also don't know... Like, I I don't know if there's a world in which TCU matches up with Georgia in this last season and wins. And I say that not because TCU doesn't have a great football team. And they're also a pretty physical football team. But just in terms of, like, physical size, the Georgia team is just bigger. Mm -hmm. And so part of me is, like, is there a world in which TCU could have been a little scrappier and like figured it out? Maybe, but I just, I don't think, I think that the way that they normally disarm their opponents isn't going to work against Georgia because Georgia's team is so much like physically larger. Yeah, that is an interesting point. I mean, it's just, obviously all year long, we've just been thinking TCU, they're really not that great. They're overrated. But it's just, they played so well against Michigan. They beat Michigan, who Ohio State lost. It's just, when you think about all the things, you know, like, okay, they beat Michigan. Ohio State lost to Michigan. But then Ohio State almost beat Georgia. And then Georgia just clobbers TCU. So it's just weird to think about how the whole schedule of events happened. So you just wouldn't think that TCU would just play that poorly, considering how they just played against Michigan. But, I mean, I guess they just used everything they had against Michigan and couldn't overcome, like you said, number one Georgia, who's just been the obvious number one all year. So, I don't know. Overall, great season for TCU. They just couldn't finish it out at the end. But, obviously, a great start for Sunny Dykes and all the transfers that came into that program. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what they do next season and how he continues to use the transfer portal. I do like I do think that this game and kind of the way that the whole playoffs went down, both with like OSU having a great game, TCU upsetting Michigan, and then this big blowout, like I do kind of feel like this is further proof that this was one of those seasons where any team probably could have beat any other team in the top ten like on any given day. Mm-hmm. Um do you think that OSU would have won the title? if they had made that field goal against Georgia? A hundred percent. I have literally no doubt in my mind. I mean, after just everything they've gone through, you know, they lose to their rival. Okay, they come out 
firing against Georgia, and they really, they really should have beat the number one team in the country. And then after you come off of that, I just feel like there's no backing down from them. They just definitely would have wanted to finish that season on a high note, and it clearly. It could have been done against TCU, in my opinion. I mean, the way they played against Georgia was just so good. So I feel like there is no doubt, which is just so upsetting. You know, honestly, I wish there was a little doubt. But like, oh, maybe it would have been a good game. No, I think that we maybe wouldn't have blown them out as much as Georgia did. But I think we could have beaten them pretty single-handedly. Yeah, I think that was the most painful part of that national championship game was just kind of feeling like we had handed Georgia their title on a silver Mm -hmm. platter. Um, And once again, this is certainly not a knock on Noah Ruggles. We talked about this on our last episode. Like it is not his fault. Um, So just because it happened to be a field goal and he happened to be a kicker, like it takes so much more than that to win or lose a football game. And we are not putting blame on Noah Ruggles. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I reject that sentiment. Um, But yeah, it did kind of feel like we had just handed Georgia their title on a silver platter watching that game. Um, and that was very painful. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've also had some big Ohio state and like big 10 college football news since we chatted last, which I think probably the biggest story is that CJ Stroud did announce that he is heading to the NFL and he will be leaving Ohio state. Um, It seemed like there was a chance he was going to stay, but I don't think anyone was super, super caught off guard by this news either. Uh, But what do you think is next for OSU? Like, do you have a prediction about who our QB1 is going to be next season? Yeah, so this whole thing was just really interesting for me. You know, after the Georgia game, pretty much I feel like every single person knew Stroud would go pro. And then everyone declares or they announced they're coming back, he still hasn't. So then I was starting to think, you know, maybe he will. Like, I honestly thought there was a good shot he might come back, you know, just between wanting to beat Michigan, wanting to win a playoff game, just maybe winning the Heisman. Just maybe there's some – he wanted to finish that unfinished business. But, hey, he's going pro. Good for him. He deserves it. So – that does leave a hole in the quarterback position. And this is going to be a very interesting battle that I feel like we haven't really seen in the past few years. You know, it's kind of been just that clear cut, okay, it's going to be Stroud, it's going to be Fields, it's going to be Haskins. Like ever since JT Barrett and Cardale Jones had to duke it out for the starting role, I feel like we haven't seen that, you know, since then. So I honestly don't know who it's going to be. My gut tells me it's going to be McCord just because he has that extra year here. He has more in-game experience, albeit not a ton, but still, you know, more than Devin Brown. And he also has that connection with Marvin Harrison Jr. They played together in high school, which is automatically, you know, they have that experience together. So I just feel like McCord does have a slight leg up in a few categories over Brown. Um but honestly, I, I honestly feel like it could be anyone's game. Yeah, it's interesting because McCord has played a little bit. Um, and like he, like he started the game against, um, was it Rutgers? 
a while back when Stroud was like out with an injury. So there's like a little bit of, um, there's a little bit more experience there. And I think that that can be a good thing. Um, but he's also talked about leadership being one of the areas that he feels he still needs to grow in. And so Mm -hmm. if that's what he kind of theoretically brings to the table and he still hasn't quite nailed it down, that could be an area where Devin Brown could, um, kind of outshine him. But I do think that at the end of the day, like, especially with his connection with Marv, like we're just that, that is probably going to be the way that it goes unless something crazy happens at camp, which could happen. Um, we always, you know, think people surprise us. So I also love that the two of them seem to have a really good friendship going. And so Mm -hmm. of course there's like healthy competition. You want to be the starter, but I think that they're also really supporting each other and pushing each other to be better which is better for the team as a whole. Yeah, I think that's something that Ohio State honestly does super well in all of their positions. You know, they're really, obviously, you want to be the starter, but everyone genuinely wants what's best for each other, what's best for the team. There's no, like, bad culture really going on. Just everyone supports each other in the locker room. Um, I believe it was Sunny Styles who came out and said, like, Obviously, I came here to be the best and I want to play, but, you know, I want the best players on the field and and I want my brothers to do the best that they can. So that's just one example. But I obviously I think that's evident in all the positions on the team. Um, And obviously, the quarterback room is no different. So it is really nice to see that everyone just, you know, helps each other be the best that they can and supports each other. Very true. Uh, someone that we do not want to be the best that he can would be Jim Harbaugh, who did announce after like quite a few rumors were swirling that he is staying at Michigan rather than going back to the NFL. Uh, what do you think this means for OSU? Yeah, this was also super interesting. Um, I think he has just gotten really comfortable at Michigan, you know, Evidently, the past two years, he's been successful over OSU. Past two years, he's made it into the playoffs. So he's just really finding his groove there, unfortunately. But at the same time, fortunately, like obviously we want to beat Michigan every year, but we want a good game and he makes this program good. You know, we just don't want to blow them out year after year. We want quality games when we beat them. We want it to be, you know, a win over a quality opponent. So, honestly, I'm happy about it. I think, you know, obviously there's always the good and bad, but overall I like seeing Michigan as a good team, um, and he he makes them that good team. Yeah, I think that, like, in order to care about the rivalry, it has to be – a challenge mm-hmm. like the, you, the game has to be worth playing and and there's got to be a little bit of a fight involved and I also think that like I for as much as I would like to eat my bowl of cereal with Jim Harbaugh's tears in it like I think he feels the same way like he does a lot of trash talking he's done a lot to kind of reignite the rivalry yeah at a time even when they weren't winning against OSU under him he did a lot to like build up the anticipation. And I think that some of that had been lost in the years leading up to him taking over as head coach because we kept 
curb stomping them. Um, so I do appreciate that, like, he seems to respect the rivalry and like, you can't really hate someone like in order to hate someone, there's gotta be a little bit of respect there. Cause otherwise you're just apathetic. True. Um, and I think that he, he like fuels that as well. So um, I'm happy that he's staying from a rivalry perspective. It makes me a little nervous from a football perspective, but we will see how it goes. Um, also as a side note, did you see that Blake Coram's car got stolen? Yeah, this is like such a weird story and I'm surprised it hasn't been found yet because it's like, it's camouflage, right? Like it's a very unique, like nice car that I guess his parents got him after he graduated high school. Yeah, it sounds also, like, like that's a nice, Camaro. that's a nice graduation gift. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> but um, I mean, that sucks. Like, yeah. Also like, so my for the listeners who don't know this, my car got stolen last fall oh, in no. California and they found it pretty immediately. Um, and it was just like a standard gray Hyundai Elantra. Mm-hmm. And the reason that they found it is because I had a Michael Myers, like the Halloween movie, Michael Myers air freshener hanging from the rear view mirror. <laughs> and that was like enough of an identifying factor. So the fact that they found my like very, nondescript Hyundai Elantra within three days, but they can't find Blake Corm's camouflage car is a little nuts to me. I know. <laughs> like, and I'm sad because it sounds like it has sentimental value for him. So yeah, um, I do hope that they find it. That is a pain in the butt. And I um, was a little surprised to see that news story yesterday. Yeah, that was definitely uh, not what I thought I would see, but I mean, they got to find it. Like, I mean, maybe because it's camouflage, they won't be able to. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Maybe it's blended. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we do have to talk about Ohio State women's basketball, which is currently killing it. They had their, um, very unfortunately, their first loss for the whole season, though, to Iowa on Monday night. And up until that loss, they were on a record-breaking streak of longest start to a season without a loss. So this is like quite frankly, an amazing, amazing team. And it's so fun to watch. They are currently ranked number two in the AP polls. They'll probably drop a little bit after this loss when the next round of rankings comes out. But is this like, is this the year? Because they don't have a March Madness title like ever in program history. Is this the year? I feel like this could definitely be the year. I actually went to the game against Iowa on Monday Oh my gosh, it was it was so fun. It was honestly one of the most electric sporting events that I've ever been a part of. I mean, they sold out the shot, um, which is awesome. I mean, for a women's sporting event, that's just so awesome. And I mean, the energy in there was just incredible. It was so fun. It was such a great game. Just both teams so talented, back and forth all night. But obviously, unfortunately, we just did not play our best ball. I mean, they really struggled rebounding. Three-point shooting was off. Clearly, they had the talent to beat Caitlin Clark in Iowa. They just did not play their best ball. Um, But that being said, clearly, they have been playing their best ball all season long. They have just overcome so much as a team. J.C. Sheldon out has been out for most of the season. Madison Green goes down. 
they've just really haven't let anything stop them, which is just so impressive. I mean, I just, I can't wait to see how they do the rest of the season. It sounds like they're going to get JC back soon, which is super exciting. Um, But this team is definitely different. You know, they're just having fun out there. They have so much talent. And I honestly, I really do think that they could win it all. Do you think they could beat South Carolina, who's currently in the number one spot? Um, Or do you think that South Carolina would need to lose earlier in the tournament? It's so hard to say. You know, South Carolina, obviously just a powerhouse all season long. I'm curious to see how much of an impact JC's return has on the team. That could just be that extra spark that they need to push them through South Carolina. Um, Without JC, I'm not sure. But with JC, I think that they could do it, honestly. I agree. I think that, like, the thing that JC's absence shows, too, is, like, just how deep the team's talent Mm -hmm. goes. Um, They're really stacked in a way that they haven't been in a long time. And also, I just want to say, like, there are a lot of Big Ten teams on the whole this year that are really, really, really good basketball teams. Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, Illinois, like, all ranked teams. This Mm -hmm. is, like, a great year for Big Ten women's basketball. Um, And then on the flip side, like, the men's team at OSU is unranked and currently sitting at three and five. So, like, do you think this could be the season that is like the tipping point where people start to really pay attention to OSU women's basketball and then continue that on? Oh, for sure. I mean, hook the fans. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it honestly, you could say it started last year. Obviously the women had that great run um, in the tournament and people really started to tune in and pay attention to them. And then with their undefeated start this entire season, People have been watching, watching, and then the Iowa game. I think so many people tuned into that one. And then you just see the men's team was on that five-game losing streak, beat Iowa, and then just did not play well against Illinois, lost again. So, I mean, you just can't deny that the women are playing just so much better basketball than the men. They're so much more interesting to watch. They have a legitimate chance of winning the whole thing, at the very least making a deep postseason run. Meanwhile, with the men, you don't know what their postseason is going to look like. You know, Big Ten play has not gone well for them at all. So the men are just really, really struggling this year. Meanwhile, the women are just thriving. So I feel like you got to pay more attention to the women. Obviously, no hate to the men. Keep supporting them. Keep watching them, but the women are just playing at an unbelievable level right now. Yeah, I think like so. First of all, I I grew up a Cubs fan. We are not fair weather fans in this house. We cheer for our teams when they are good and when they are bad. So like men's basketball, I'm still following. We still love you. It's okay if this is not going to be your best season. I love you anyway. But I do think that it's a really interesting case study because. And and I think this is true in a lot of sports, but for whatever reason in my brain, I've definitely heard it more about basketball. Like there is this misconception that women's basketball is boring. And 
women's basketball and men's basketball are very different games in terms of like the pace and the style of play, but it's not boring. And I don't think you could watch this women's basketball team and claim that what they're doing is boring. Um, And so part of me thinks that the men's team being as bad as they are and the women's team being as good as they are, like there's a very clear difference in which team is playing more interesting basketball. And I'm hoping that that helps to like kind of overcome this mindset that a lot of people seem to have that women's basketball isn't an exciting game just because it's different from the men's game. No, I totally agree. I mean, the women just play with so much passion and emotion like you can see it they're working their butts off out there they get so hyped for each other after every great play I mean it is just so fun to watch and I can't express that enough because you know I honestly I didn't really watch women's basketball before college but then once I got here I was just hooked I mean there's something about this team and then you just go on to watch you know the rest of college basketball it is different from the men, but that doesn't mean it's bad. You know, they're just, they just play so fast and aggressive and with passion. And it's just so fun to watch. I mean, you don't knock it till you try it. Like, please just give it a shot. Watch the women. They play again on Sunday. So just give it a shot because I love watching the women play. Yeah, I, I, they're just, they are having the time of their lives out there. Like you can tell that they are loving every second of it. And it's so contagious. Like, I think it's probably very impossible to watch a game and not feel hyped watching it just because they are hyped. Yes. Um, and there's just like such a sense of camaraderie with them. So um, please give them a shot if you haven't. Um, and they play Sunday, they play Purdue, right? Yes, who's unranked. So hopefully a nice bounce back game for the Bucks. Yeah, that would be great. Um, we are going to pause and take a quick break. But when we come back, we've got some NFL chalk leading up to the Super Bowl. So stay with us. playoffs are well underway we had some really exciting games this past weekend and there are a few matchups left to look forward to before we head into Super Bowl Sunday um did you catch any of the NFL games this weekend yeah I did I actually watched all of them great weekend of football (laughs) um but the Chiefs game I mean okay I missed like the first like quarter or so and I was just so lost why Chad Henney was on the field and then I saw the replay and I'm like oh my gosh there's no way Mahomes comes back after that ankle injury he just got crushed then he comes back and leads them to a win I mean Mahomes is just I don't even know how to describe him he's on another level yeah he's such a beast so for context, if you didn't catch the game, he, as Megan said, injured his ankle um, pretty early in the game and then spent like the rest of the game begging to go back in. <laughs> um, and so finally, the Chiefs coach, Andy Reid, let him return and he led them to the win. And that was um, insane. So the Chiefs won that 27 to 20. The Eagles Giants game was the one that I had the most friends invested in. And it was also the most boring game of the bunch um, because it was an, a, an absolute Eagles blowout. 
So that leads me to the question, would you rather a team that you're rooting for, like if you have a vested interest in the game, would you rather them win in a blowout or like a close, really exciting football game? This is an interesting question because I feel like as an Ohio State fan, we experienced both. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, the Michigan game with the blowout or the Georgia heartbreak at the end. Which one broke my heart more? And I feel like it was the close game against Georgia. But at the same time, like I would rather have watched that game. You know, like it was such a good game. You're invested the whole time. You don't know who's going to win, which just keeps you in it and keeps you excited, you know, on the edge of your seat. And while it does hurt worse at the end, like it still validates that, okay, my team was really good. We can hang with the best of them. Could have gone either way, you know? Yeah. It's also like, I feel like when you get blown out, there's a level of embarrassment that's like, oh, we didn't even, we didn't even show up for this game. But at least in the Georgia game, we put up a fight. Mm -hmm. Like you can like hold your head high in that. Um, And it's just more interesting to watch. Like the part of me that likes the security of the blowout would, would rather win in a blowout, but I don't necessarily want to watch that. It's not interesting. Um, So like congrats to my friends who are Eagles fans. I'm very happy for the city of Philadelphia. Um, But also like, Play more exciting football next week. <laughs> right. Uh, 49ers-Cowboys was also a game that happened. Like, kind of just your standard. I mean, the, the 49ers are playing pretty exceptional football right now. Um, but same thing. Like, they won 19-12. I was in Cowboys territory for this game. So that was, like, interesting yeah, um, because Cowboys fans are very, very passionate. Um, but it did feel like the 49ers really won this game in the second half. Like the first half was really neck and neck. And then in the second half, they kind of wore the Cowboys down enough to come out with the win. Um, yeah. Was there anything that jumped out at you about this game? Or did it feel kind of like a pretty standard, like solid football on both sides playoff game? I mean, it was pretty standard, but I mean, Dak has just been so up and down all year. And then when it counts the most, he just struggled. So he's definitely been a storyline to follow all year long. You know, is he real? Is he overrated? What's going on with him? So it was interesting to see him struggle. And then on the flip side, Mr. Brock Purdy just a phenomenal story still undefeated what is he now seven and oh so he has just been so fun to watch the 49ers have just been such a fun team to follow all year long you know so honestly I'm rooting for them to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl so yeah interesting game between the Niners and Cowboys but I'm happy for the 49ers and Nick Bosa of course totally um the number one story last weekend was definitely the Bengals Bills matchup um which was their, I guess it was definitely their first time matching up, but the kind of storyline was that they had never finished their game when DeMar Hamlin was injured. So they were getting to finally play a game in full against each other. Um, And so that was like the big storyline of the weekend. Um, And an emotional storyline. Like, I feel like 
part of me was like kind of sad for the Bengals because I was like, it would be hard to really even celebrate this win Mm -hmm. in its fullest to the fullest because there is this element of like trauma from the last time you played the Bills and you know everyone's rooting for the Bills. Right. Yeah, it was definitely, I feel like, a hard game on both sides to play. Um, But yeah, Buffalo just didn't have it in them, I guess. I mean, they just kind of... They just didn't play their best football, and the Bengals obviously just played better than them. Um, I felt bad for Buffalo. Like you said, everyone was rooting for them. It was great to see DeMar Hamlin there um, cheering them on. So it was sad. I I, I feel bad that their season is ending, but, I mean, after everything they've gone to, they still got to hold their heads high. Obviously not the result they wanted, but overall, it was a good game. between the two and I'm excited to see how Cincy does against the Chiefs that'll be oh that's gonna be the game of the weekend I'm excited for I agree I just it's so hard to argue with Joe Burrow he is Mm -hmm. so confident and so dominant on the field like he kind of similar to Mahomes like the the two of them are both just so fun to watch um and so I do think that that matchup is gonna be nuts do you have a prediction for who will win uh it's so hard you know especially with Mahomes's injury how good is he gonna be I mean honestly I don't think it'll impact him too much because I don't think it'll he'll let it you know he's still gonna play his best his best football but I think I still think the Bengals are gonna beat them once again I I do think the Bengals will return to the Super Bowl. I mean, they're getting some of their offensive linemen back, so that's good for them. Um, But they've just been playing so hot over the last few games. I don't even think the Chiefs can stop them. Yeah, and I think that the Bengals are are hungry because they were so close to winning last year. Right. I think they're hungry for the Super Bowl win. Um, What do you think about 49ers Philly? Do Do you have a prediction there? This one's going to be a good game, too. I'm excited for it. I I don't know. It's just like, can Brock Purdy really take this game or this team all the way to the Super Bowl versus Jalen Hurts, who is a very viable MVP candidate, who's not fully healthy, but obviously looked healthy against the Giants. It's, oh, it's so hard. But I think, I think the 49ers... I'll pick them to win. Their defense has honestly been carrying them all year long. I think they'll shut down Jalen Hurts, but I definitely think it's going to be a close game. But I'm going to go with the Niners. I'm also going to go with the Niners. My heart is rooting for Philly, so I would love to be wrong. But I do just feel like the Niners are kind of on a like a momentum streak right now mm-hmm. um, where they've hit their stride at the right point in the season. Um, so I, yeah, I think that I have to pick the Niners to win this one, but I think it, I think both games this weekend are going to be really great football games. Yeah. I'm excited. And I also think that it's going to be a good Super Bowl, no matter which way this goes. Agreed. I mean, these are just four great teams, you know, like either way. Yeah. They're all going to be a game. Matched. Mm-hmm. Like they match up well in really interesting ways. So I'm excited for the next two weeks of football. And then I'm sad that we have to be football for the next several months. But 
Ugh, I know, the worst time of the year. Until March Madness. Yes, until March Madness. <laughs> so before we wrap up the show, shall we do our end of show shout outs? Yes. So I wrote a column about this earlier in the week, um, all about tennis. I'm just so excited for this year's, the both the men's and the women's teams. They just kicked off uh, their seasons and they're both doing really well. The women just upset number four, Oklahoma. The men are undefeated. Um, former Buckeye JJ Wolf made it into the round of 16 at the Australian Open. So Buckeye tennis is just thriving right now. And I'm so happy about it. And I encourage everyone to follow along because it's going to be such a good year for both teams. Totally. Um, so my shout up is a little bit painful for me, but I did read an article. Well, in the article about Blake Corum's car getting stolen, it mentioned that he gives money from his image and likeness, like earnings to mm-hmm. his offensive linemen. Aww. And I was like that... I- uh, that is so cool. Like it almost makes me emotional because like, guys, the offensive linemen aren't, no one wants to see them on a Wheaties box. Like <laughs> they just don't have the same star power as a quarterback or a running back or a receiver. And so like, I just love that he shares that with his offensive linemen who make him look good on the field, frankly. Like I just thought that was so cool. So I still hate Michigan, but I do have to shout you out for that, Blake Corum, because that's a really cool move. No, I respect that. I mean, it sounds like Blake Corum is honestly like a great guy. He does a ton of charity work. Um, yeah, and then with this NIL, giving some of that money to his O lineman, that's great. I think on Thanksgiving he was like serving turkeys to those in need or something. I don't know. I just hear great stories about him. So honestly. Happy to see him back for another year. A little nervous about what that means for Ohio State, but he's honestly, he sounds like a great guy. Yeah, I'm really excited for when he finally goes to the NFL so I can actually cheer for him on a week-to-week basis. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, the, he just, he does seem like a really good human being. So mm-hmm. um, loved that little tidbit in the car story. And also, if you stole a car from this man, he sounds like a very good person and I think you should give it back. Like, <laughs> Agreed. You know, like, not that I want anyone's car to be stolen, but definitely not Blake Corman when he's, like, giving back to his community on the reg and taking care of his of his boys. So um, that's my little spiel about his car. Okay, that is all we have for you today. As a reminder... You can follow me at Jamie Urich, Megan at Megan Hustline, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And as always, go Bucks.